Topic 1, Fourth Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. 20th Century Negro Literature. Topic 1, Fourth Paper by Reverend M. C. B. Mason. Did the American Negro make, in the 19th century, achievements along the lines of wealth, morality, education, etc., commensurate with his opportunities? If so, what achievements did he make? Reverend Dr. M. C. B. Mason, Senior Corresponding Secretary of the Freedmen's Aid and Southern Education Society of the Methodist Episcopal Church, was born of slave parents near Houma, Louisiana, March 27, 1859. In 1857, Two years before young Mason was born, his father purchased his own freedom, paying $1,350. The papers were never legally made out, and his father had to wait with other members of the family for the Emancipation Proclamation to secure their freedom. Young Mason was 12 years of age before he had ever seen a schoolhouse having entered school in july eighteen seventy one and mastered the alphabet the first day subsequently he attended a school of higher grade and in eighteen eighty eight graduated from the new orleans university from the regular classical course two years afterward he entered the Gammon Theological Seminary in Atlanta, Georgia, graduating therefrom in 1891. Immediately after his graduation, he matriculated in the Syracuse University at Syracuse, New York, taking the non-resident course leading to the degree of Doctor of Philosophy. In July of the same year, he was elected field agent of the Freedman's Aid Society in the Methodist Episcopal Church, being the first colored man ever called to such a position. So successfully did he prosecute his work that at the general committee meeting which met in New York in 1893, he was elected assistant corresponding secretary and in may eighteen ninety six at the general conference in cleveland composed of five hundred and thirty seven representatives only sixty nine of whom were colored he was elected corresponding secretary with a majority of one hundred and four votes against eleven competitors all of whom were white four years later 
at the general conference which assembled in chicago dr mason was re-elected and made senior corresponding secretary receiving the largest vote ever given to any general conference secretary in the history of the methodist episcopal church this is all the more remarkable when it is remembered that there were fourteen candidates in a body composed of seven hundred and one representatives of whom only seventy-three were called it will be remembered also that the salary paid a general conference officer of the methodist episcopal church is the same as that paid to the bishops and dr mason is no exception to the rule the doctor is quite a success as a money raiser and has secured hundreds of thousands of dollars during the ten years he has been connected with this great educational institution of the methodist episcopal church the freedmen's aid and southern educational society has educated hundreds and thousands of men and women of our race and has an average attendance of over seven thousand young men and women of color in its schools every year dr mason is thus brought in contact with more young men and women of the race than any other negro in america and the whole race is very largely indebted to him for the work which through this institution he is accomplishing as an orator the doctor has no superiors and few equals he is in great demand all over the country especially in the north we are told that he has been offered six thousand dollars per year with a guarantee for ten years if he would resign his present position and take the lecture platform this offer he has constantly refused preferring to remain in the work where he can be more useful to his own people during a recent trip to europe he was in constant demand for lectures in london glasgow belfast and among the english colony in france the progress made by the negro since emancipation has challenged the admiration and wonder of the world in all the annals of the world's history there is no parallel to it and this progress remarkable as it is has been in all lines and in all departments of his life and activity indeed it would be quite a problem to be able to declare in what particular line he has made the most progress to secure some adequate conception of what he is to-day we must compare him with what he was yesterday in no other way can we come to any comprehensive idea of the progress which he has made and the work which he has accomplished a generation ago he had practically nothing 
he started out with scarcely a name poor ignorant degraded demoralized as slavery left him without a home without a foot of land without the true sense of real manhood ragged destitute so freedom found him he stood at one end of the cotton row with his master at the other and as he stepped out into the new and inexperienced life before him his master still claimed him and the very clothes upon his back under these peculiar circumstances and amid these peculiar difficulties he began life for himself he had however learned how to work so much he brought out of slavery with him and right royal service it has rendered him what is he to-day from this humble beginning of a generation ago when he had absolutely nothing he has begun to acquire something of this world's goods he has been getting for himself a home some land some money in bank and some interest in stocks and bonds his industry thrift and economy are everywhere in evidence and he is bravely and consciously struggling toward the plain where his vindication as a man and a citizen is what he is and what he has acquired in louisiana he pays taxes in twelve millions in georgia on fourteen millions and in south carolina on thirteen millions a recent statistician writing for the new york sun estimates his wealth north and south at four hundred millions during the last few years much of this accumulation of property is in farmland which everywhere is rapidly increasing in value in this matter of securing a home and some land the negro's achievements are certainly commensurate with his opportunities in education his progress is even more clearly manifest there are to-day two million nine hundred and twelve thousand nine hundred and twelve negro children of school age in the united states of these one million five hundred and eleven thousand six hundred and eighteen are enrolled in the public schools and the average attendance is sixty seven per cent of the enrollment in addition to the one million five hundred and eleven thousand six hundred and eighteen who are enrolled in the public schools fifty thousand more are attending schools under the care and maintenance of the church in this work all the leading denominations of the country are represented the freedman's aid and southern education society of the methodist episcopal church among the first if not the very first to engage in this work has under its care forty-seven institutions of christian learning twenty of which 
are mainly for the education of the colored people these institutions are scattered all over the sixteen former slave states and have possibly sent out more graduates as teachers preachers physicians dentists pharmacists and industrial workers than any other institution or set of institutions during work in the south in addition to the work of the freedmen's aid and southern education society there are the american missionary association under congregational auspices the baptist home missionary society the presbyterian home missionary society the lutheran evangelical society all of which support institutions for christian learning for the education of the colored people throughout the south these schools are mainly for the higher and secondary education of the negro and have accomplished untold good there are today nearly thirty thousand negro teachers in the united states and a careful estimate will show that these church schools have sent out over twenty thousand of them and these teachers prepared by these church schools commonly so called were the first to take their places in the public schools as rapidly as they were opened and these in the very nature of the case represent a very large percent of the teaching force even at the present time again distinctively negro bodies of churchmen especially baptists and methodists are also carrying forward a commendable work of christian education among their own people some schools of excellent standing in the african methodist episcopal the african methodist episcopal zion and the colored methodist episcopal churches are doing most effective work and the results are being felt in all directions the work of industrial education is steadily growing in all sections of the south and is destined more and more to occupy a prominent place in the education of our people the emphasis placed upon this line of education at hampton institute hampton virginia claflin university at orangeburg south carolina and tuskegee institute at tuskegee alabama is having its effect in many other places new orleans louisiana wilmington delaware nashville tennessee and several other cities have adopted some lines of industrial education in their public schools and in some places it is compulsory consequently industrial education which a few years ago was mainly confined to a few institutions has been in some form or other adopted in a large number of cities both in the north and in the south 
the results of this line of work are already seen hundreds of industrial artisans and trained mechanics are scattered here and there all over the south and are practically and effectively solving the problem in addition to the work of general education negroes have entered all the learned professions and are succeeding beyond the most sanguine expectations of their friends this is especially true in medicine pharmacy and dentistry the negro lawyer has done well he has had a difficult field and the fact that some have acquired sufficient ability and influence to practice before the supreme court of the united states speaks well for the race in this difficult field but the success of the negro physician is perhaps the most remarkable in any line of professional work to which he has aspired from the results of careful study made by an eminent statistician it was found that the average salary of white physicians in the united states is about seven hundred dollars and the average salary of negro physicians is one thousand four hundred and forty four dollars per annum the encouraging feature about this whole matter is that as physicians among us increase the greater is the increase in the average salary while dentists and pharmacists have not succeeded quite so well yet the success of the physician has directly opened an avenue for the pharmacist and has indirectly helped the dentist consequently in nearly every town of any considerable size in the south today there are four or five prosperous negro physicians with two or three drug stores where negro pharmacists carefully compound their prescriptions and have the confidence and respect of the entire community the negro is progressing morally from whatever standpoint you view him he is getting away from the past and wiping the reproach of egypt from him any careful observer will see at once that in the field of ethics and morals a veritable revolution has taken place among the negroes during the present generation there is still however much room for improvement and to this perhaps more than to any one thing the race must now turn its attention some questions regarding his inability to learn have all been settled by the remarkable achievements which he has made in all lines of intellectual endeavor but it must be confessed that in the field of morals and manners the charge is still made and that not without some semblance of truth the evidences of the essential qualities of sturdy and manly character are not as clearly manifest among us as they should be here the problem comes home and the negro as ever 
is the most important factor the pertinent question is not what shall be done with the negro but rather what will the negro do with himself this is the question and the answer he gives to it will largely depend in no small degree whether he shall continue to be an insignificant element in this nation or become more a living factor in its growth and development here i repeat it is the question and this is the problem intellectual ability is good but individual purity is better rights and privileges are in themselves good but to make ourselves worthy of them is infinitely better it is encouraging and gratifying to know that so many are getting a correct interpretation of life's deeper meanings and are daily coming into possession of higher and purer ideals who can say that the negro has not made progress commensurate with his opportunities end of topic one fourth paper